Hello friends and welcome to episode 413 of the Churchill Podcast. Uh, I'm Townie Boy, uh, joined as always by Paul uh, Griff Boyd's Griffin. Hello Paul. Hello. Ooh, how's it going? Good night. Uh, yeah, Barry couldn't make it this week for undisclosed reasons. Uh, I assume he's got some kind of uh, sexually transmitted disease. I have it on good authority. Can you get that from wanking though? I don't know. <laughs> Avalon good authority um, that he is having a big wank. That's where he is. So. <laughs> Two hours. That's why he can't join us. This big one between eight, between eight and ten on a on a Sunday night. He's really going for the mother load this time. He's, <laughs> oh, fucking, he's worked his oh, whole dude. life for it. He's been training. <laughs> <laughs> He's been rising up back on the street. Oh, he been working that shaft <laughs> attitude. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, there's that scene where Rocky's kind of beating the meat. Um, <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I read to get a bit literally. <laughs> anyway, anyway, seriously, been, he is wanking. He is wanking. He's not here. Um, I'm st- I'm all right. I'm still um still sick. Still a wee bit sick. I missed a whole week off work. Sick. No, a whole week off. A whole week. Did you have pneumonia. I, I don't know what I have. I have a doctor's now. I'm still coughing. I've been I've been sick for like two weeks now. Um. Yeah, I do. On one at one point, I was on five different medications. What? Because I I was on um, antibiotics. I'll tell you the name of them. Even they're over okay. Here. Unless my little bottle got thrown out, but I don't think it did. Okay, one of them's gone. Uh, I'm on amoxicillin, 500 milligrams, Oof. three of them a day. What was the other one called, did you say? Prednisolone. Prednisolone. I was on like six of them a day for five days. I have um, Exputex cough syrup, get me cough up me phlegm. Uh, paracetamol for the headaches that I'm having because coughing gives me a headache. When I like try to cough up phlegm, and then mm. I was on like um, technically not medication, but uh, um, Gaviscon for me, acid reflux I get from being on fucking <laughs> four medic- medicines at the same time. So, um, yeah, I think like Thursday was probably the worst of it. Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Wednesday or Thursday was the peak. So I- I'll be good to go back to work tomorrow. But. Um, okay. Yeah, right just now. like unpleasantly sick. Not sick in a in a real incapacitating way, but just like a a steady sickness that you mm, mm. you just don't get any better from. I don't know. Like I'm still yeah. coughing pretty badly, and I'm still on the inhaler as well, the Ventolin. If you want to bump yeah. it up to six medicines, um, Ventolin and um, we're using a nebulizer as well. Nebulizer Ooh. is like a. Mm. An electronically dispensed uh, yeah. ventilator. It's a vape. It's basically a vape. I was school vape. <laughs> um, I was. I was. What, what I, flavor? I was flavor on, nebulizer. Have you got? I was on the strawberry ventolin. It was um, <laughs> lovely stuff. Um, but yeah, that was one one night where I was just like, <gasps> like comically wheezing. We had to get the old mm. nebulizer. I'm still over there on the press. I haven't had to use it since, thankfully. But 
The funny thing about the nebulizer, I didn't realize this. I've used a nebulizer a few times before because I have asthma and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. allergies to animals and so on. Sometimes it can get pretty bad. Um, but I didn't realize that using it, like obviously the, the effect of the Ventolin is that it kind of thins the blood or whatever so that you don't get the wheeze when you breathe. Mm-hmm. But I was like, after, after I used it the last day, my heart was just racing. Like I couldn't sleep. I was like, there's something wrong with me. I'm going to have a fucking heart attack after this. Um, but apparently it's, mm. it's a normal effect is that because the, the, the blood is thinned or, or not so much the blood is thinned, but the, um, the vessels are dilated. Yeah. Your heart has to kind of pump <laughs> the blood uh, a little bit more harder to get it all in all the little blood crevices. And uh, yeah, I was like, I'm not going to be able to sleep. I'm fucking wide awake. My heart is going like, um, I don't know, some electro music or something. But um, yeah, after all that, I'm, I'm, Nearly done with my course of antibiotics. I have the last one in the morning. Uh, steroids are all done. I'm ripped to shreds now, of course. Um, <laughs> Got fucking acne all over your back. <laughs> Got the old six pack in the fridge. Um, <laughs> and yeah, then I'll be hopefully over the next few days. Uh, I'm going to be back to work. I'm going to be not coughing and spluttering so much. I'm coughing up quite a lot mm. of phlegm the last few days as well. Which is not pleasant. But, Lovely. Um, spitting it in the sink. Oh, there goes another wee bit. Um, Oy. Oy. And then the side effect of that, of being sick, is that, is that I haven't really done much in the week. I like play video games. That's been it. Okay. Like, um, I don't remember what, what was the figure. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, a cough and a sneeze simultaneously. I don't remember what was the, um, the figure I gave on last week's podcast. Um, about mm. how far through Assassin's Creed I was. I think I was like 15 hours or something through. Yeah. Um, I'm like 47 hours into it now. <laughs> In one week. I've played legitimately about 30 hours of this video game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I think from, God, Wednesday to Friday, I might well have just played it for like eight hours each day. Just sat there. Eat. That's all I did all day. I would wake up in the morning, cough a bit, take medicine and all that. Go downstairs, pop on the projector, play Assassin's Creed all morning. Maybe go to the shops, have some lunch, play Assassin's Creed all afternoon, have mm. dinner, play Assassin's Creed all evening, then go to bed. <laughs> that, was, that was basically my day. Um, so I made a lot of progress in it, but um, I'm ready to not just sit and play Assassin's Creed all day. I want to kind of get back to work and want to get into mm. the routine of things that I'm used to, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Go for a run in the morning and 500 press-ups. Oh, the usual, you know, the usual. Yeah. It's not been a particularly busy week. A few bits and pieces. Uh, Went out for a evening of karaoke on Thursday. Oh, aye. The the Japanese martial art of karaoke. Yeah, I was going to say karaoke is how it's pronounced. You uh, sing people to death um, with your awful voice. That's what I do anyway. All right. Um, yes, that was fun. So I've been, we've been kind of meaning to go uh, with my kind of little team at work. Uh, there is a place, a karaoke kind of uh, boots place uh, just opposite uh, our office. We've never been in there. Right. Um, so we booked and it's not, it's like 12 quid for two hours of, of karaoke. So you go in a little booth, sort of six, seven people. Okay. Uh, you, you scream your words on, pick what you want, a uh, little microphone, and just belt out some songs. 
Uh, so it was a lot of fun. Okay. And what were we um, singing, sir? Give us you a want to have a guess? See if you can guess any of the ones I did. Oh, what songs would Joe do at karaoke? Um, to be honest, it's all quite random. <laughs> I'm, think, I'm thinking Total Eclipse of the Heart. No, that was sung, not by me. Okay, well, that's, that's not a bad guess, then. That was the first song that was, that was done in the evening. Okay. Um, maybe maybe some um, Nothing Compares to You, Sinead O'Connor. Maybe, maybe, well, that's more of, maybe that's more of an Irish one, I don't know. Um, I, could, I couldn't pull that off, so no, I didn't, didn't do that. Um, some Agadoo, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been probably more my kind of vocal range. Okay, okay. Um, but no, I kicked off with... Uh, Stacy's mum by Family. Stacy's mum, yeah, of course. Stacy's mum. Did anyone do Kiss from Rose? No, no, no. We didn't get onto that. Stacy's mum is a good one. 2003, I think that's what it was. I did that. I did um, Everybody. Backstreet's Back. Backstreet's Back by the Backstreet Boys. Very good, very good. That is a. Everyone loved that. That was of course classic. That is a classic. One of the best songs ever. I think without hyperbole. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, what else did I do? I did "Living on a Prayer" by Bon Jovi, of course. Okay, that's probably my number one of my number one sort of karaoke songs. Right, I absolutely love that one. I did um, "This Is How We Do It" by um, this Jordan. Uh, what's his name? Montel. Montel Jordan. All right. Um, but it was kind of a weird version. I don't know if we selected the wrong one, but it was. <laughs> it was. I think a, it was an iPhone been, version. <laughs> it was it was kind of a remix or something it was really fast it was like okay impossible to keep up with it um so that was a bit weird but yeah that was good and then i think we finished off by after kind of an hour or hour and a half we were just all singing along to all of them yeah uh drunkenly so did a bit of britney hit me baby one more time finished with we are the champions by queen uh it was a good one yeah so it was a lot of fun um Anything is this, you know, very expensive drinks because they've got you locked in a room. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it, I do like karaoke, I must say, but I don't think it I've was ever, really fun. I don't think I've ever gone to a place like a karaoke bar or a karaoke. I've only ever done it no. in the house at a party or whatever. Yeah, I think they're fun because you're not doing it in public, like in a bar or anything, which Ooh. is quite quite embarrassing and hmm. quite terrifying. I don't know. Maybe should there ever be a London trip in the future, we could knock together some karaoke. Yeah, so that was good. And then weekend, a bit chilled, a bit chilled out. Oh, yeah. Very cold over here. Very so, cold uh, here as well. We, we have popped out, but Michelle doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't like it that much. She gets a bit chilly. It's very cold. She thinks this is bad. Fair. Yeah. Oh, she thinks this is bad. Wait till December, mate. Oh, I tell you what. Wait to December, lassie. <laughs> Why'd you turn into Terry Wogan there? I don't know, Terry Wogan. I don't rightly know. BBC Radio 2. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my week. Should we move on to um, a Telegraph? Oh, I love a bit of Telegraph, mate. And I think this oh, is okay. the first episode in about... Maybe about 150. That I've actually yeah. watched on TV that I can talk about. <laughs> Yeah, Telegraph. Um so just there the other day actually, I I I don't know what came over me. Probably because I was sick and I was fucking I couldn't play Assassin's Creed anymore, I had to do something else for me. Yeah. I, I decided to sit down and start watching a little Netflix series, a new one, what I hadn't watched before. Called Disenchantment. Ooh. Which Barry has 
pretty sure has reviewed on this podcast before. Disenchantment is the the new Matt Groening series um, set in medieval times. And uh, I've watched the first three episodes of, I think, ten in the season. Mm. And um, I'm going to use my, my new favorite catchphrase, which I think I used last week when talking a lot about the OTTs. Yet to be convinced. Yet to be convinced. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I thought... I thought the first three episodes were pretty poor. I'll say wow. to the point yeah. that I'm considering just knocking on the head. Like I, I, I'm yeah. really at a point where I'm thinking, okay, I've given it three episodes. That's almost the the grace period you need to give to a, a new show to really know whether you you get it or not. So I've given three episodes, and I'm at the point now where I'm thinking, okay, is this going to drastically improve or is this kind of the level where it's going to be and it's, it's a shame because there's a lot of people involved in it that i really like um outside of obviously the graining simpsons futurama connection it's mm. um co-written uh and and a voice done in it by rich fulcher of uh the mighty boosh um okay. has some people involved in it who were involved in gravity falls which i really really enjoyed yeah, yeah. um very very good voice cast, um, including Matt Berry, who's I one of the best voices I think out there. Mm. Um, and yet I don't know. I just I, it feels very um, like safe. It feels very I hate to say bland, but a lot of the comedy is very bland. Um, the character is a little bit too one note for me. You have. Um, the main character Bean is is like this rebellious um, princess who who mm. drinks and fights, um, but outside out like she's not really got any unique qualities that kind of set her aside from the archetypal rebellious princess that you see like you see in a lot of movies and TV yeah. shows anyway. Yeah. Like you know Moana, yeah. okay, was a little bit more more a, a kids friendly version, but was essentially the same character. You know, it's it, it's kind of a a template character you've seen a lot of things and she, again she mm. doesn't really have a lot outside of that and then the, the other two characters are an elf called elfo who goes along with her who's um again doesn't really have a lot I, in fact i'm kind of confused about what that character's raison d'etre is in that the, the backstory mm. of the character just to go into the first the first episode briefly the character is um an elf who lives in this like happy-go-lucky elf world who's kind of dissatisfied with how everything is just happy all the time and everything is candy. And so I'm thinking, yeah. okay, well, this is going to be like the, the classic fish out of water, right? Which to an extent it is, but that it'll be, it'll be the kind of the, the elf who, who doesn't just look at everything and, and be happy or, or assume the best and everything, right? Bender-esque. A little bit Bender-esque. Um, but then as soon as he leaves the elf world and joins the, the real world, his character like changes to the happy elf. <laughs> like, well, if the character initially was like, like his reason for leaving his, his home world was that he just didn't want that everything was happy all the time, that he was like questioning things and was questioning him, his very self, that once he leaves, he just becomes happy elf. And he's, he's kind of, he's very much just a fish out of water where he doesn't understand what things are and he always sees the best elf side in everything and Kind of what I was hoping the character wasn't going to be, and then you have um, uh, Lucy, who's uh, like the the demon on the shoulder of the princess, right? Mm. 
like you know the the you have the angel on one shoulder the demon on the other this is very literally the demon on the shoulder uh whose only purpose is is to do like sardonic one-liners and has no, mm. no nothing else to the character at all so um i don't know how many more episodes i'll i'll give it um what i what i do like about it is the the art style outside of the character models is is not so simpsony as you'd expect obviously yeah. with, with the like the way the characters are drawn they're with the classic simpsons overbite and yeah that, that classic graining uh, style, but then the rest of the world is done like very differently. It, it doesn't look mm. very Simpsony or very Futurama-y. It's Futurama-y. It's very much its own kind of look, which I appreciate about it. But it's just it's n- it's not that funny, and it's a little bit bland, and the episodes are a little bit too long. Mm, that's um, a shame. It's a shame. That's that's my take of of again only the first three episodes. But like the first episode is, it's like yeah. 40 minutes long and it's just goes on and on and on i just i to be honest i just wish it was a little bit funnier i think the strongest thing about it is that like the simpsons and like futurama there's a lot of visual gags like the names of mm. stores and stuff like that like that's all very clever but i don't know the show itself it feels like they just haven't used the the setting to its real potential or they haven't kind of been mm. crazy enough with it now it's because it's not on a tv network it's on netflix now so you kind of have an expectation that's going to be a little bit um out of the box more out of the box than it is yeah and it's not it just feels very safe feels very god I, I i think this is going to sound worse than i than i mean it but it feels very like late era simpsons Oy. um in terms of how how it's written it can't be that, it can't be that bad oh, well i, I mean late era simpsons is is bad especially when compared to old era simpsons but what I mean is not the quality of the writing, but kind of the way it's written. Right. Um, okay. Like it's those kind of jokes and that kind of humor. Um, I would say it's a step down even from Futurama, to be honest. And Futurama. Mm. I, I didn't never really love Futurama. I quite like Futurama. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I never loved it to the extent that I love those classic Simpsons episodes. No, no. Um, but I would say it's, oh God, it, it's very harsh for me to, to compare three episodes of a brand new series to like <laughs> classic Simpsons and Futurama. Mm. But, you know, it's it's. I don't know. I just I I I expect myself to like it more than I did. Mm. Um, maybe I'll I'll watch the full ten, see how I feel about it. But like after three, I'm already looking at episode four, twenty eight minutes and going, will I really? Um, on the other hand, uh, a show that we discussed last week, um, the haunting yeah. of. Hill House, which I finally learned, <laughs> learned the name of. It is, is in fact not House Hill. It is Hill House. Um, what is it? Ha- it's the, the haunting on... of Hill House. Oh, not the house on Haunted Hill. No. <laughs> what? It, it's called it's the like... haunting of Hill House. That is the name. Why of the have series. they given it? Why have they given it such a silly name? Well, I don't know. I didn't name it, Joe. So you're gonna have to. <laughs> oh, send him an email. <laughs> okay, I will send him an email right away. All the actors email Meltzer. On the show. Email, email Meltzer. Um, the Haunting of Hill House. Oh, we'll get more about Meltzer coming up later. Um, I've watched the first two episodes of that show. Just watched them today. And um, that's a show that I, I'm really liking so far. Really, really, really good. Um, don't know if that's going to be up your alley, to be honest, Joe. Because I think, in, in terms of, if we were to do an, a little graph of horror. And where, 
our various yeah. like people know. I I don't like the the gore, which <laughs> you'd be you'd be surprised when you hear which fucking movies I watched this week. Fucking every one of them gore to the max in them. Mm. Um, I don't really like the gore, but I do like the spooky ghost and Spookies. demon and scaries and all that. I think Natty is more in your in your ballpark, but she's watching with me anyway. Yeah, this is this is a series that's a lot more on the. There's not really any gore to speak of in it, but it's it's very very spooky, very spooky. Well, I did I did see a clip of it because we were watching um, Celebrity Gogglebox uh, okay. this on Friday, and they that was one of the shows on on Gogglebox. Yeah. Um. So they did show some some clips from it, and it was very fucking scary. <laughs> it's a bit where a, a child kind of goes down into well, a basement. Don't spoil it now. Well, oh come on! It's a horror show. People know that a child, uh, the child goes into a basement. basement. Yeah, obviously, at that, some point. That old yeah. So I kind of want to watch it just because it will be scary. Um, it's kind of no point, you know, watching some incredibly gory movie that I'm not at all scared by. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know if we'll give it a go. Is well, it a long? Is it ten? Eps ten it's ten eps. Only ten okay. episodes. Um. The second episode was only fifty-one minutes as well, so it's not even. Sorry, the full hour. Um, and to be honest, I didn't think the second episode was particularly scary. Um, it was just an extremely good kind of drama. Mm-hmm. But I believe that it gets very scary later on. So, Haunting of Hill House is um, essentially a, a hor- it's ostensibly a horror <laughs> about this um, family. Now, the, the the show takes place over two timelines. One like it almost, where one where the family is is very young. You have the five children and the two parents living in this house that they're they're uh, doing up and looking to sell. And then you have the second timeline, which is say thirty years in the future, and you ha- or thirty years after the fact, and you have then the children are all grown up and they 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 have their individual lives now. They've kind of gone their separate ways, but they reconvene based on these events from mm. 30 years ago that stuff starts to manifest itself again in, in their modern lives and um performances across the board very very strong first episode um does a great job of setting up the characters and that it the first episode is is kind of standalone like i i to an extent i would say it's a series that you can watch the first episode and, and be able to make your mind up about how you'll feel about it like one way or the other um and yeah, first episode has its you know sets up the the titular house, um, as well as kind of establishing some mysteries, some leaving some threads down there that are gonna hopefully tie yeah. up later in later in the season. And that's one of the aspects that I always like about a show is not only is the like are the performances good, does it look good, which is for sure true about this show, but is there something for me to kind of dig my teeth into and wonder and theorize oh what's this going to be and what's going to happen here and this show already has like you know what's behind the door and what's in the room and what's this and what's that and um that's the show that's the stuff that i've always liked in movies and shows Mm. um especially when it comes to horror because as we know um nothing is scarier than your own imagination so (gasps) when 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 you're kind of left um to your own devices to think oh what what's this thing your your brain is is coming up of course with the, the scariest worst case scenario oh yeah um, 
but yeah, I, I, I really enjoy the way that they kind of link the without getting into spoilers, the link the um, the family history into the horror of the show. Like that's very much threaded together. Um mm. in a very literal sense as as well as a a metaphorical one. Oh um, well no, no not literally well yeah, oh, I've no. made, yeah actually actually no. yes. <laughs> actually yes oh, literally okay. threaded together in some cases. Um oh, yeah. but what I mean is that there's there's manifestations that take place that are very um, mm. metaphorical, let's say, and then there's stuff that's manifested in a more literal way that draws directly from the characters' histories and character stories and so on. It's very, very well done. Um, so I'm only two episodes in, but it, conversely to um, Disenchantment, which I'm very disenchanted about, um, mm. this is a show that I'm very much enjoying. I'm very already looking forward to getting a chance to sit, sit down and watch the third one, which maybe the third episode, which maybe I'll do tomorrow. Um, perfect timing for it as well around Halloween. Oh, um, of, of course. And although I'm only two episodes in, I would definitely give it a recommendation. Uh, if anyone out there hasn't okay. watched it yet, and and it also has the added bonus of being kind of the flavor of the month, and um, you can get in that conversation on the ground floor, be part of the yeah, conversation. Press your friends at work when you turn up to the water cooler, baby. But I mean, ultimately, have... ultimately, it's very good, and that's kind of. Do, do you have a water important. cooler at your office, or, or do you have one of them fancy taps? Uh, we do have a water cooler. Yeah. Oh, we still got the old water cooler. Okay, the old water cooler. Yeah. Um, um, yes, yeah. I would recommend that you you should check it out. Um, okay. First episode has a few scary bits in it, though, so just be aware of that. Ooh. Second okay. second episode is a little bit more character driven rather than it being sure. all spooky in that yeah but still has a spooky bits in it well, not as mm-hmm. um so i've not got any kind of substantial shows i've watched this week i did um watch the first episode of a couple of netflix shows so make making a murderer season two okay uh we discussed last week with barry i watched the first episode of that um it was pretty much just a recap of kind of what happened in the first season and then the kind of subsequent attention that the series got uh, and how it kind of impacted the real life case and things like that. Um, So not nothing kind of groundbreaking. Um, I started to watch episode two as well. I kind of got the sense that there isn't going to be a lot of developments in this season. It's going to be a lot more filler. So I'm not, I'm not kind of enamored with it so far. I'd probably give watch a couple more, but I think given that I also kind of know what sort of developments there've been in the real life case, it's not got the same kind of mystery or uh, suspense as that first season did, where you were kind of wondering, oh, is it going to get out? What's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. It feels like they're just following up for the sake of it rather than because there's a whole right. lot more to say. Um, so we'll see see how that goes. Um, did you watch the first season? I didn't. No. Oh, okay. Well, I would definitely the first season was fantastic. Kind of started to lag a bit towards the end, but uh, it was a real kind of uh, page turner or binge turner. No, what? I don't know. Um, <laughs> page binger. Tried to make up a word there. Didn't happen. Um, I also we watched the first episode of the new Sabrina. Uh, adaptation on yes i've heard well. about that 
the, the chilling uh, adventures of Sabrina or something, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Sabrina is all grown up. This is not your father's Sabrina the Teenage Witch uh, starring Melissa Joan Hart. This is a kind of a spooky, bloody kind of reboot uh, for, you know, grown-up teens. Um, kind of Stranger of Things sort-of-esque um, show. Um, so I kind of watched it, to be honest. I didn't really enjoy the first episode. In fact, I switched it off um kind of halfway through not because it was bad but just i just wasn't into the kind of the tone and the sort of story they were going for okay. um and also there was no animatronic cat doing funny quips <laughs> I was like, there's no talking cat <laughs> rubbish absolute rubbish um no but I, th- I don't know the cast were good and, and maybe i just like melissa joan hart too much um but but uh, yeah it wasn't for me but, uh, not to say it's a bad series it might be if it's your kind of thing mm. people might like it but yeah I, I don't know not for me um I also started what another news and there was another series on Netflix called Nailed It which is a kind of cookery show it's it's, it's kind of like the Great British Bake Off but with people who can't bake um so they get these these people who aren't particularly good bakers and give them quite complicated sort of cakes to make and they come out with absolutely disastrous creations. But anyway, it's quite funny. Watched a few episodes of that. It's yeah, quite amusing. Quite a good show. Um, I think that's it for TV Guff this week. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Sabrina cast here. Uh, the Office is Lucy Davis. Yeah. In it, apparently. Uh, right. Yeah, it, it appears to be something like along the lines of that um, Riverdale reboot that yeah it's not it's it, that's kind of the the new hot thing isn't it is rebooting these series as kind of making them gritty gr- yeah the gritty reboot um hmm. yeah i don't know if i if i could watch sabrina i would be too in the mindset of the old series i'm like where's libby what's going on um I don't know if you can hear the dogs barking here. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It is um, Halloween time, so of course there's uh, fireworks being set off, and the dogs don't like it. I don't know why, because they look nice and make a nice noise. <laughs> um, spoiled dogs. Um, so moving away from Teleguff, I suppose, um, there's something, I don't know why I haven't brought it up on the podcast yet. Uh, but I put it in this week's one anyway. Is uh, Tenacious D's YouTube series they've been doing? Um, Tenacious yeah. D in post apocalypto. I've been watching the last few weeks. I'm a big Tenacious D guy, of course. Seen, yeah, yeah, yeah. seen them live four times. Wow. I think it's my record for seeing anyone live, um, including my own family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they they got a new album coming out uh, next week, as a matter of fact. And they've been building up the release of the new album with this uh, YouTube series. Yeah. They put a new episode out every week. They're like 10 minutes long. Um, very surreal. Very strange. Um, very, mm. very penis-based. A lot of penises in it. Oh, good. Um, good. I think every episode has had at least a penis in it. If at least not. one. Guaranteed. Multiple penises in some of them. Guaranteed a penis. But it's like a cartoon, which is... Um, drawn by jack black himself like it's very poorly animated okay and it's just like still frames it's almost like watching a um 
a storyboard rather than like yeah. the fully animated yeah. series. But that's what it is. It's just that. Um, but yeah, despite its its kind of weirdness and its eccentricities, I do I do quite enjoy it. Um, I was always a big fan of the old HBO series, the old Tenacious D episodes they did. Mm. Um, then I watched the film when that came out in 2005, six. Uh, really enjoyed that. Then I watched it a second time. Realized it was utter shite. Um, <laughs> kind of disowned it in my own head. Um, disowned it. Wow, take that. Uh, and then watching this, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it again. So some of the episodes are, are, are better than others, of course. I think the last one was a little bit of a miss, episode five. But uh, some of the other ones I've quite enjoyed. I like their kind of irreverent style of humor. Like when when they're just unshackled, they can be very very strange. It's it's almost like surreal uh, at points. Um, but listen, to that, I quite like a lot of songs. I think a lot of songs sound very samey though, which is not mm. a problem that I ever had with Tenacious D before. But like all the all the new tracks kind of sound the same, which is a little bit downheartening. But um, sure, we'll see when the album comes out. Uh, November second, I think it's out, so it'll be out Friday. So I'll be able to have it have it listened to by next week. Um, although I, I, through the series, I've kind of already heard the majority of the songs. Um, mm. so we shall see, we shall see. Uh, YouTube series is, is quite funny though. So if, if, if people have not seen it, they can go to YouTube and just search Tenacious D, you'll find it there. Very weird, um, art style. Almost reminds me a little bit of the, uh, Paranoid Android video, the Radiohead mm. one. And that's mm. that kind of crass drawing style. It's obviously, yeah. it's obviously a lot worse <laughs> than that. But it's along those kind of lines. Um, very weird. And if you do watch it, be ready for penises. Um, and and worse. <laughs> penises and oh, worse. Worse than a penis? Yeah. Um, Impossible. But it's all very silly and all very lighthearted, you know. It's all a bit of fun. Silly fun. Silly fun. And, you know, who can really deny a bit of Jack Black charisma in there every now and then? I'm a big Jack yeah. Black guy. Sure, 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 hey. sure, sure, sure. Hey, you can't watch Jumanji 2 without a Jack Black in it. I mean, come on. He was good in that. He was good in that. Yeah, I like a bit of Jack Black. I like, I like a little bit of Jack Black. Um, and moving away from... That's all the music then. I, I've not really been listening to much music this week. Because I typically listen to music when I'm like going to work or something. Haven't done a lot yeah. of that lately, unfortunately. Oi, oi. Oh, I've just been sick all the time. So as I mentioned, play a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'm like, God, 40 something hours in i'm i'm big First. big way into it now and i was kind of enthusing about it last week that it was like maybe my game of the year it's my favorite thing blah 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 blah, blah. i'm definitely i think i don't know whether it's the game itself or just because the the pure quantity mm. of it i've been playing i'm definitely starting to feel fatigue with it though um <laughs> like even though i'm 40 40 let's say 45 ish hours in I don't know that I'm even like halfway done with the game. Mm. Mm. And um, one thing that I think about it, which I wasn't a problem I had with the previous iteration, was that a lot of the um, a lot of the quests, although the, the the main quests and side quests are very good, they're they're kind of few and far between, and you find yourself just doing a lot of completionist grinding or a lot of um, 
like very very unimportant quests to fill the time between the actual story beats so when there's something that happens sure. in the story it's often really great and really interesting and you watch a cutscene you go oh that's a great twist or that's a new thing but then you, you're playing for like f- five hours before the next one and it's mm-hmm. it just it's definitely it just becomes a grind it becomes a you know I'm, I'm almost playing like the way i play the game is very completionist in that when you when you unlock a new area you have all these like on the map little question marks for you almost like a treasure map you go go to the question mark find out what the question mark is oh it's an enemy base kill all the enemies rob all the treasures or oh it's a it's a it's a bear um cave or whatever oh go kill the alpha bear and kill the other bear yeah you know. so you have these little mini adventures that go on but after the fucking 20th bandit base or whatever you're like oh i can't keep doing these there's too many of them they're all the fucking same and what an issue I have with it as well is that, <coughs> excuse me, is that I'm at a point in the game now where I almost feel like overpowered. Where the intention of the game is, when you have an enemy base, is that you you kind of creep your way in, you find an isolated, and this is where the Assassin's Creed, the assassin part of the title comes in. You find mm-hmm. an isolated enemy. Oh, you see, oh, one of these bandits is standing way over there on his own. So you creep up behind him, fucking stab him in the neck or whatever. He's dead now. Then you creep to the next one, curl him, and you kill like the 10 of them, right? Uh, without being mm-hmm. noticed, and you steal all the, the booty and off you go. The problem is, right, doing that in a, let's say, one of the bigger forts in the game could take about 10 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And I could do that, or I could just say, fuck it, and just go in swinging my sword and have everyone killed in about a minute. <laughs> and, like, in the previous game and in this one to an extent i loved doing it the long way because it was like really satisfying to 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 plan out your attack and kind of you know sure do it do it effectively but the game is just so long now that i'm like i fight i'll go to one of these question marks and see it's one of these big bases i'm like fuck another one of these and i'll just run in and start killing people because i'm i'm strong enough now that i can do that and there's no real um there's no real negative there's no there's no punishment for playing it that way um it's not like there's a higher risk of i mean obviously there's a higher risk of being killed but i'm so strong that there kind of isn't and there's no deterrent to playing it that way so i just do it half the time like that now where i'm like Mm. especially when it's a smaller a smaller base let's say there's only three enemies i'll have them killed in 20 seconds or i can plan out this strategy that'll take me two and a half three minutes i'm like well why would i do it the longer way because this game is too fucking big anyway i'm just adding on time to, to my gameplay that isn't satisfying and isn't um doesn't make me feel like i've achieved really anything mm. and i i'm starting to feel like the game is too big um because again i'm halfway in maybe it doesn't unfortunately doesn't give you a percentage um for how far through you are excuse me but i feel like story-wise i must be about halfway so that's telling me this is going to be an 80 90 hour game and i do feel like a lot of it's just padding a lot of it is just grinding and doing the same shit hundreds of times until you're strong enough to do the next story bit that actually is interesting actually is good um so i if i was to criticize i would almost say i I would prefer if it was a a smaller map a smaller game but that they filled it with more Mm. interesting stuff as opposed to trying to make it so big because it's just 
it's too big and there's it's set in greece set in ancient greece right so you have all these islands that you can visit some of the islands just don't fucking have anything on them and you spend you're in your ship you're sailing across the ocean takes you a fucking 10 minutes to get anywhere in this game because the ship is so slow and then when you get there you get this island and there's like two things on it and they're they're of no consequence you say well why did i even come here then (laughs) so yeah i don't know it's almost a game that doesn't punish you for playing it badly and doesn't reward you for playing it well. Mm. Um, that's one of the more annoying things about it. And I feel like you get too much good equipment too early in the game. Um, mm. Like it doesn't pace out. I feel like, okay, in the game there are four different levels of gear, right? You have com- almost like in WWE Supercard. There's a thing that we can both understand. You have Ooh. your common cards, right? You have, yeah. your, you have your own commons. You have yeah. your rares, and you have your yeah. ultra rares. Okay, the terminology is different. But let's say that. Yeah. I feel like for for a game that is more singular than supercard, that is just have you know you have your story, you have you progress through it, and then it's over. Is for the first twenty five percent of the game, you should mostly only be able to access to the basic weapons and gear. From twenty five percent to fifty percent, you should then be able to access to the second tier, whatever way they do it. I don't know, but yeah, like that. Quarter three, then you have the progressively best gear, and then for the the end game is where you finally get the best, strongest gear. I it's like quarter one. I have fucking legendary gear already. <laughs> I'm like, well, what? Where do I go from there? Yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, you don't find that that much of it, but I just feel like too early you get this this gear that's really, really good, and then later in the game, obviously the gear levels up proportionate to you, but then later in the game. You'll kill. You go through this big enemy base, and you get to the big chest, and it has like a weapon in it that is worse than the weapon that you have from like twenty hours ago in the game. And you say, "Well, what's the point of this then?" So I don't know whether it's just to kind of give you a quick satisfaction early on to keep you playing, essentially. Of oh, look, I'm getting yeah. legendary sword, legendary shield, or whatever. Um, but I just feel like there's no point to me almost looting chests because I have already like maxed out, leveled up legendary gear. So what's even the point of it? Um, I mean, I sound very negative on it. It's still probably my favorite game of the year. There's still a lot about it I like, but I just wish it was a tighter experience. And uh, yeah, it does yeah. have a few problems with it. And it's too fucking long. It is too long. Um quite a turnaround from where it was last week <laughs> on it but there you go um i'm thinking as well that when i beat it i'm gonna go down to leak slip and pick up one of my old consoles and play something on that whether it's the old snes or gamecube or wii or wii u or something i feel like i've played now spider-man i've played now assassin's creed i'll have, I'll have played like a Bioshock in the middle, just like hundreds and hundreds of hours of these these like new PS4 games, and I, I almost want to step back and play something a bit more simple for a while before yeah, just... before I dive into Red Dead Redemption, which is the new hundred hour game, um, <gasps> which is apparently Ooh. like super meticulous and super oh god, sounds awful detailed with its systems. Like you have to clean your gun and wipe your oh, sheep's god. ass before it does Wank another shit. Horse. Oh god. <laughs> Jesus Christ, no thank you. So, um, maybe I'll play something a little bit more simple before then. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, movies now. Movies. Lots of horror movies. 
Oh, too many horror movies, mate. Too many. Tell us about what you've watched, anyway. So, uh, well, Michelle doesn't really like scary movies. She doesn't really watch them at all, so I've had to... Well, that's the, that's the fun of them, though. That's the point. I know, she doesn't understand. I don't know that anyone... It, do people really, like, like horror movies in the same way that you like uh, a good action movie or a good comedy? Well, that's the weird thing. I guess at the end of the movie, you get that sense of satisfaction. Well, I feel like for myself, the 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 appeal of horror movies is almost that you don't that you don't like them. Like you're you well, yeah, you're, you're 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 on the edge of your seat. You're apprehensive about it. it. It's it's to frighten you. It's to get you get a different reaction, different thrill, different visceral reaction from a horror movie. I don't know that there's many horror movies that I would just sit down and watch, kind of to enjoy them <laughs> you know maybe one or two no, yeah. Cabin in the Woods for example Cabin in the Woods is a very Cabin different movie no, no, yeah. okay well. anyway um, so we watched uh, Psycho the classic Alfred Hitchcock uh, film horror Psycho, movie um, which is obviously brilliant I assume it's you've not, se- you've seen that before I, I have watched it once not like before, me watching yeah. it for the first time okay no no it is great it is um, it's not scary uh, I mean, it's very tense. I don't know that it's scary. It's, it's tense. Yeah, the, the the cinematography gives it a really kind of tense feeling. Yeah. Um, there's something about old horror movies that just uh, horror horror doesn't age well. I don't feel like once you get a certain way removed from it. I don't know whether it's the kind of uh, special effects or the the tone. Or whatever, well, horror but, has taken a very different direction in recent years. Like, well, I think more so than other genres, horror has almost changed what our like its defining characteristics are mm. since the heyday of you know Hitchcock and all that. Maybe, but even like watching Halloween, for example, uh, the, the original Halloween. Yeah, it's not. I'm gonna find that scary at all. No, I I, I don't like Halloween at all. I think it's I think it's Com- boring compared to something like It Follows, which is kind of a similar. Not that similar, but it's you know stalking, yeah. stalking teens kind of movie that I found terrifying. But yeah. for some reason, Halloween—I don't know—just because. Do you know why Halloween doesn't have though? Um, uh, an old woman who screams into the camera. Well, that's true. That is very true. Um, yeah, Psycho. Uh, very, very good film. Some brilliant, brilliant shots. There's one particular shot where, uh, I mean, spoilers. If you've not seen Psycho, you're probably not going to bother now. Well, saying that, you hadn't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> um, when they reveal um, the kind of corpse and you see the kind of skeletal face and then the, the light bulb gets hit and it's yeah. kind of swinging back and forth mm. and the light kind of dances on the on the face of the, of the corpse of Mrs. Bates. Right. And it almost looks like she's kind of animated, the face is animated and she's kind of you know, almost mocking or laughing. Right. Absolutely, absolutely phenomenal shot. Um, yeah, it was a very funny film. Like I laughed out loud quite a few times, more than many comedies I watch these days. Okay. Uh, just some of the dialogue was very, very funny. Um, yeah, yeah, really, really, really good film. Um, speaking of old films, also watched Poltergeist. Um, That's what I still have not seen. Not seen. Yeah, this is one of the. There's not too many kind of. Cl- classic horrors i haven't seen now it's um i've caught up over the past kind of three four years uh, there's a few few more to go but yeah i watched poltergeist which i was expecting to be really scared of because ghosts 
you know, I do not like the ghosty ones, BB. Specifically poltergeists. Yeah, they are bad. Um, this, however, actually, I love it's quite sort of funny. Almost reminded more of like the Burbs or some kind of you know eighties horror comedy type thing. Mm. Um, it does get into kind of pure horror for a lot of it, and there's some scary bits with like a, like a doll and some ghosts and some some body horror stuff, which is quite scary. Mm. Yeah, overall, it wasn't it didn't scare me too much. Uh, but it, and it was it was very nice and sharp. There was always a bit of contention because it, it was produced by Steven Spielberg, directed by Tobe Hooper. Yeah, written by Spielberg as well, I think. Yeah. Um, Hooper, who directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. But what was kind of believed was that actually Spielberg did most of the direction as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, if you watch the movie, it's very Spielbergian, so it's not, not hard to believe. Um, yeah, it was it was a good movie. Um, I'd probably give it a rec- recommendation if, if you've not watched it. It probably ages better than a lot of those kind of, you know, Halloween and Friday the 13th mm. uh, movies. Anyway, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, so that was good. Um, so that was the horror movies for this week. I haven't managed to convince Michelle to watch any others yet, but I think next week as we approach the witching hour. What? Uh, 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 maybe, maybe watch a couple more. Okie dokie. Well, I've watched um, two horror movies and then a, f- a few other movies. Um, so I suppose starting with the starting with the worst. Um, I mentioned earlier um, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny, which was a movie I watched in the cinema. And I think when it came out, I gave it something ridiculous, like a nine or a ten out of ten. Like I really, really enjoyed it. And then I watched it more recently and i like intensely hated it and i think i I went down the other scale like a one one out of ten stinker um and i haven't watched it since because i it puts such a bad taste in my mouth um and now years removed given that uh the youtube series is on and and all that um decided to revisit it for whatever reason i think it was just one of the days this week i was like i'm just gonna stick it on and given another watch, um, I don't think it's quite as bad as I had put it down for. It's certainly not good. It's certainly not mm. good. Mm. It's, um, it's at the same time not very funny, and it's very, it's very try hard to a specific audience, which I'm not mm. in, or at least not anymore in. It's definitely it's definitely a teenage boy film. <laughs> um, and it's 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 almost like Jack Black at his worst. And I I yeah. love Jack Black, but it's it's all the tropes of Jack Black up to eleven. You know, he's going mm. yeah, he's doing kicks and he's <laughs> doing his dance. Um, there's a lot of that stuff. Um, I mean, it it's it's not it's safer than than the HBO series. It's safer than the current YouTube series. It's mm. not as funny as either. The songs aren't particularly good. Um, it's just it's just a bit annoying, <laughs> is how I would describe it. Mm. Now, to be fair, I didn't hate it. I think there's some there's some decent stuff in there, but it's like it's like a four, a four out of ten, somewhere in that range. Wow, it's wow. poor. It's poor. Uh, I don't hate it as much as I used to hate it. 
but it's it's certainly not good. And I certainly wouldn't recommend it, especially if people aren't um, like big Jack Black fans. I think you need to be a yeah. really big Tenacity or a really big Jack Black, Jack Black fan to enjoy it. And I am, and I don't even enjoy it. So mm. I don't know. Maybe you need to be in a certain um, chemical state to enjoy it. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, 420. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, that was not a weed cough. That was sickness. Well, mm. um, yeah, shame. Shame, that movie. Um, the Moving up, then. Um, I watched on the recommendation of Will Sewell, our listener, who I uh, banned from emailing us, but I can now officially unban. He recommended last week that I I watch Reanimator. Yeah, which I have watched, and I'm happy to report that it's really good. Ooh, um, Reanimator is um, a 1985 horror movie based on loosely based on a HP Lovecraft story um, about a mad scientist who works on a serum what brings people back from the dead in that it's 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 very camp is the way I describe it it reminded me a lot of like I didn't find it scary really at all it's kind of along the same tone as like um like Rocky Horror or or like Little Shop of Horrors. It's that kind of mm-hmm. it's not camp in a, in a in a silly way, but it's 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 it's, it's and it's not at the same time it's not comedic, it's not outwardly comedic, but it's it's not really tense, it's not really scary. It's it all the, all the performances are like a little bit over the top. They're a little bit silly. Mm. Um some very good performances in it, I must say. I really, really liked some of the some of the performances in it. I thought um, David Gale is the name of an actor who's in it who plays Doctor Carl Hill. He's kind of the antagonist of it, mm. and he almost plays it like like Christopher Lee. <laughs> you know, I, at some points I was thinking this is like I watched a Christopher Lee movie. Um, I thought he was he was like really good in it, and uh, Jeffrey Combs who plays the Herbert West, the titular reanimator. Um, also really good. He he almost plays it like Oh, he's just he's just a bit weird. He it he reminded me a little bit of um a little bit of Killian Murphy, but I think that was more he kind of looked mm. looked a bit like him as opposed to acted like him. But um very very good as well. Um The one thing Will mentioned about it was the the score and the score is um I, I would I say a ripoff of the the psycho score, not the re 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 re, but the um the intro music to psycho. It's it's almost the same, but it is very good. And uh, there's a lot of gore in there in Reanimator. A mm. um, lot of blood, in it. lots and lots of blood. Um, there's towards the end some really some really disgusting stuff. I'll say without going into spoilers. Um, and I can definitely see at the time how it got, like it was originally rated X um, and had to be re-edited to uh, obtain an R rating. Now the version of it I watched was the unedited version. So I watched the the um, 
the 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 version of the movie that contains the original cut stuff as well as the the I think it's like the uh, expanded version. Let's say, um, but yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was very fun. Um, it has that B movie schlocky feel to it, but uh, definitely mm. worth a watch. I'll say, and a very good recommendation for Will. One of the um, one of the better um horror movies that I've seen. Um especially of that era. Like as you just said, a lot of those movies don't age particularly well. I think Reanimator, because of the style is done, still kinda of holds up a lot better than some of those other eighties, seventies movies. Um very, very good. Good recommendation. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. And then we move into the twenty eighteen movies. So I watched three movies that are from this year. What? First one I watched is called Searching. Um, again, I think it's one that's Bar- that Barry has seen. Searching is um, the you maybe have heard about this the the movie that's um, told through the laptop screen of the protagonist. Oh, it's uh, essentially um, a mystery concerning this. Uh, I think John Cho plays the lead character. His daughter goes missing. Mm. And it's all about him looking through emails and doing FaceTime calls. And the whole story is told like that. Um, which kind of works both for the film and to its detriment. Um, uh, performance is quite good in it, I would say. Um, I think John Cho, who I, I mostly know John Cho from um, more comedic roles like i think he was in like the harold and kumar films and Mm. isn't he in the star trek films as well Mm. um this was kind of a more dramatic role for him i thought he was very good um and i'm always a sucker for those kind of mystery films like gone baby gone and mystic river and those um what i will say is there was a point in the film where um like i was i was immersed in, in the in the 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 laptop screen or the MacBook screen um, gimmick. But there was a point during the movie where I thought, you know, this story is fine and all, but I would just rather watch an actual movie with like lighting and, (laughs) you know, settings and scenery and stuff. Um, Cause I, I just, as I was watching the movie, I was just thinking like why someone would, would pick this angle to make, uh, or to, like this method to tell the story, and it just kind of came off to me as well. This is probably the cheapest way to do it. Um, and and then the the biggest problem I had with the story is I, I thought the ending was pretty dissatisfactory. Um, as a lot of those mystery films are, mm. you kind of build up in your head what it's going to be, and then it just turns a little bit a little bit silly. Um, so I didn't really care for the ending. I thought the the way the gimmick was used was was not bad at all. Um and in fact in some in some cases was quite clever the way they used it, but um it meant that they also had to make certain revelations in certain ways that kind of came off as a bit phony or a bit forced. Um in particular at the very end. Um Yeah, it was okay. I would say it was okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't go any better than that. There was things about it I, I liked, there was things about it I really didn't like as well. And um I think when you make a film that has a gimmick such as this, whether it's found footage, whether it's this, mm. or, you know, whatever, I think that story almost has to be that little bit better to carry the, the film. 
Um, and here it kind of wasn't. Um, there's a lot of contrivances in it. There's a, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of stuff that we're just asked to uh, to believe, and not only that, but I I worked out pretty early on, and I'm 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 dumb when it comes to movies, okay. But in this one, I worked out pretty early what was go- what was going on, <laughs> so I felt a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Not only was I disappointed by the eventual revelation, but it it kind of felt cheap, and it kind of felt like oh, like like it, it without spoiling anything, right? It's it's a moment where they they subtly drop a hint, but. If you understand it, it, it it's unsubtle enough that you it, it completely spoils the movie. <laughs> essentially, um, mm. yeah, I just I I didn't like the ending at all. I didn't like the ending at all. The, the direction they went with it. It's um, I don't know if there's any movies I can liken it to, but that sometimes you have. Um, I mean, Gone Baby Gone to an extent, although Gone Baby Gone, I I, I love so much that the ending, even though the ending was a little bit weaker. Um, I don't know if you have mm. you seen Gone Baby Gone. Uh yeah, yeah yeah okay um gone baby gone I, I won't spoil for people who haven't seen it but um sometimes there are movies of this like genre where you have mm-hmm. uh, a character goes missing or whether it's like a whodunit mystery or whatever um and then at the end it was like it was the it was the person investigating the thing in the first place or like I, I think Shutter Island is a good example of that as well not to spoil Shutter Island for anybody who's not seen it but. Those kind of endings where it's instead of it being like um I would say a classically satisfying ending, they try and yeah. do like a clever twist to it that it was oh it was it was it was the person you least expected, um, to mm. the extent that it makes no sense. <laughs> and this movie has a little bit like that in it. Um mm. that okay, the the ending makes sense in terms of, you know, the plot and how it leads like, there. But really when sense, you yeah. sit down and think about it, you go, that makes no sense. That's nonsense. Yeah. Uh so that's searching. Uh, it was okay. I won't I wouldn't go any further than that. It was fine. Um and then I watched I had a little The Raid weekend for myself. Cause there are two movies out at the moment that have direct links to the raid, which is I think the raid is one of those um, movies that we love here at Chairshot Podcast unanimously. Um, not the raid two though, raid two is rubbish, <laughs> and I can say that unopposed now. Um, but this weekend I sat down and watched two movies which both have direct ties to the raid and the raid two. Uh, mm-hmm. The first of them is called The Night Comes for Us, which is. Um, a movie starring a lot of the people from the raid, um, but not directed by the same director. And then on the other hand, there's a movie called Apostle, which is directed by the director of the raid, but not starring any of the people who are in it. Um, so I'll talk about Apostle first. Um, Apostle is a, a Wicker Man-esque horror film. Um, it's directed by um, Gareth. Is it Gareth Evans? I always mix up Gareth, Gareth Evans and Gareth Edwards. So I want to make sure I have the right one. Uh, it's Gareth Evans. Gareth Evans is the yeah did the raid. Okay, Gareth e- Gareth Edwards did um, Godzilla and most boring movies of all time. And Rogue uh, One and Godzilla. Rogue One <laughs> and a little movie called Monsters, which is very good. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I like all those movies. Rogue One, not so much, but the other ones. Um, directed by Gareth Evans, uh, starring Dan Stevens uh, from The Guest, who I quite like, and um, Michael Sheen. About a man who, and again, I, the reason I said this is Wicker Man esque, stop me if you've heard this before, is about a man who goes to a remote British island to oh. find his missing um, sister under the auspices that she's been kidnapped and is being held there. Mm. Um, now, thankfully, that's to an extent, like the fact that you have this um, cult on this island. To an extent, that's where the Wicker Man similarities lie, or, or excuse me, where they end. Yeah. Um, like, I expected it to be, because I had heard that it was very Wicker Man-y, I expected a lot of the, the similarities to, to go closer to, towards the end of the movie. But aside from the setup, it's kind of not so Wicker Man-y. There are similarities. Um, specifically, there are similarities with scenes. Like, there's even a scene in, a, like in, a, in a, the little pub where you have a band playing. I was like, this is just like that scene from The Wicker Man. But um, the, the longer it goes on, the less like The Wicker Man it becomes. So if you've seen The Wicker Man, don't worry. There's stuff here that will be new to you. Um, and... Uh, yeah, the the first the first half or maybe the first forty five minutes of the movie are a little bit slow, while it sets everything up in place, and uh, and then the last hour of the movie it kind of goes off the rails and becomes more of a more of a typical horror movie, I would say, mm. in a good way, in a good way. Um, like the last hour was there's some stuff in there that's properly mind bendingly strange, and it, it definitely dives into that. Um, folky horror genre like very deeply um wicker man blair witch a little bit of blair witch in there um a little bit of m night Shyamalan's the village as well i would say which movie i like um and the longer it went um the more and more i found myself enjoying it and in fact the weirder it became the more i found myself enjoying it um it's funny because the reason i kind of picked out this movie aside from it being the links to the raid was that I really, really loved The Wicker Man, and I thought, oh, a movie that's like The Wicker Man, I'll check that out. But I found, funnily enough, the the further it got from The Wicker Man, the more I enjoyed it, because it kind of became its own, its own mm. thing. And and the the last hour, I would say, is not like anything I've seen <laughs> anywhere else. Um, definitely worth a watch. Um, I don't know whether I would even say that it's. I mean, there are, there are scary moments, and it. it's more of a more of a thriller than a horror i suppose although it, it has elements of like you know monsters and etc mm. etc without, without spoiling it, i think there's definitely some uh like classic horror in there it's not horror in the sense that it's um very spooky it's, it's not the haunting of hill house but it's got its yeah. own its own thing um and i thought it was really 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 great um probably the best one of the best movies of the year, I would say. Definitely in top 10 for me. Um, mm. it, it's on Netflix, uh, as is The Night Comes For Us. So if you have Netflix, you can check them out. Um, much better than I expected to, expected it to be, especially coming off the back of The Raid 2, which I absolutely uh, detest. Um, the director, Gareth Evans, has has redeemed himself in my eyes. He's made, again, a really, really great movie. Uh, a great movie that doesn't rely on 
um, kung fu or mad martial arts to kind of disguise mm. from its weaknesses. Just a really solid, um, folky horror. And this is coming from me, who hated The Witch when that came out. Um, I think people will will also find a lot of The Witch in it, but I thought it was I thought it was far better than The Witch. Mm. Um, although I appreciate that there are some people who really love The Witch when that came out. I I don't get it, but that's okay. Um, and then finally, uh, I watched The Night Comes For Us, which is, um, again, starring a lot of people from The Raid. Um, uh, Iko Uwais, I think is how you pronounce his name. The main guy from The Raid, mm-hmm. who was also in uh, The Force Awakens. He's in it, as well as um, the, oh, the other guy from The Raid, whose name I forget. Let me look it up real quick. Uh Joe Taslim. I'm sure that's not how it's pronounced, but uh, they are the two main characters in it. Um, I would say that the what's the name of the movie again? The Night Comes for Us. It's very similar to The Raid 2. It's very similar to The Raid 2. And this is going to be strange yeah. because I, I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed The Night Comes for Us. Um, mm. I thought it was a less boring tighter version of The Raid 2. Um, now, people are going to be saying, The Raid 2, how can you call that boring? Because The Raid 2 is just mad gore violence mm. constantly. But what I found with The Raid 2, not to harp on The Raid 2, because it's, it's almost a thing of CSP lore at this stage, but The Raid 2, I found that between the action scenes was just internal. I couldn't stand any of the story parts of it. I just thought it was so, so, so dull. Um... What The Night Comes For Us does, which Ray 2 didn't, didn't do, was um, set up interesting characters, give them interesting motivations, and use the, the action set pieces um, to, to kind of emphasize the, the story stuff that's going on. So anytime that there is, there is a, an over-the-top um, martial arts scene with like tons of violence and so on, it always feels like there's a reason for it to happen. Whereas in the raid two, it felt like people would just fight at the drop of a hat because oh hey, it's time for another uh, action piece. Let's mm. do it. And, and you say, why are these people fighting? What's going on? <laughs> there's no reason for this to happen. Um, which was one of the main problems I had with the raid two. Uh, here it always fe- feels earned, and and it is over the top. It is very violent. It is very gory. Um, to an extent that's even more so than the raid or the raid two. Um, and in fact, my favorite action uh scene in the movie comes at the very end um that's again not to spoil it but at the very end it's just the, like the last two standing f- face off and it's almost like the the low the most low key um it's still very violent but least violent least weapon filled brawl because it feels kind of more gritty more realistic it feels less cartoonish mm. And um, and that's a problem I had with the raid too, and that's a little a problem I have with this one as well to an extent is, it it at, at at a lot of times it is very gritty and it is very realistic in terms of again the story, um, that sometimes it just does feel too cartoonish. Like one thing that the raid two had, which I hated, and this movie has as well, which I I hate, is um, it has characters who feel like video game boss battles who have like special weapons like. The Raid 2 was ostensibly uh, a gangster movie, which had mm. mad martial arts scenes. But then you also have characters called, like, 
baseball girl who's a woman who has like a baseball that she kills people with and i was like is this a gritty crime movie or is it like a superhero movie because you're trying to do both Mm. of them at the same time and this has that a little bit there there is a character who for no reason that i can really tell has like a pendant which is the the necklace part of it is made of like razor wire or piano wire and so she kills people with that okay and um i don't know that 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 that's almost too cartoony for the kind of movie that it is otherwise um uh but that being said i i i did enjoy it even though i went in with lower exp- i think because i had lower expectations from the raid too um i found myself i did enjoy it quite a bit um there were some characters in it and some performances in it i didn't think were that great um particularly like the the head antagonist let's say mm. who's like comes off a little bit over the top especially because a lot of the characters speak english in it it's an indonesian movie so when the characters speak indonesian okay i'm reading subtitles but the performances feel very natural and feel very real when they speak english it comes off as people reading lines in english because they don't really speak english <laughs> so mm. that was a little bit illusion breaking when whenever that would happen i don't know why they just sometimes speak english for no reason um so i didn't really like the the main baddies character and in fact i didn't think that um eco Uwais was i don't think he's a strong actor he's like this incredible martial artist and he does like great action set pieces but when he has yeah. to act he's not he's not that good um but the night comes from us i thought i thought was pretty good um certainly mm-hmm. certainly better than the raid too <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh go that's all the movies i think this week um did I one more? oh there was one other movie i watched today uh not a horror movie though it does have the word phantom in the title Ooh. uh phantom thread uh one of last year's oscar contenders yeah uh with your fella there daniel day lewis playing uh a clothes designer bloke yeah who's a bit mad bit of a control freak uh it's just a good film it's paul thomas anderson it's very it? good it's, yeah um and it's a bit of a love story and it's quite a quite an intriguing one um i did really enjoy it probably slightly i don't use the word accessible but it's not quite as mm, what's the word i'm looking for i don't know a lot of, a lot of pta's movies uh like what, the master and uh, what's the other one? Well, Magnolia, there will be blood. Magnolia, there will be blood. Inherent vice. Yeah, so it's a bit more kind of. It's, it's, it's not as long as some of, some of his other movies, to be fair. Yeah, that's true. It's a, it's a bit more of a kind of story that you can sort of grasp your head around as well. It's quite. Let me ask you something about slightly something more straightforward. Phantom Thread. Mm. Did you did you think it was funny? Um. At times, because I've had people say to me that they thought it was like a really funny movie, and I kind of, I uh. guess, I guess I just watched it with a different mindset. That I got, I didn't find Day Lewis or his character like funny. I found them more of a, an like a an oddball, more of a, a weird, um, yeah, like in, in a kind of disconcerting way. Like that, that was the way I kind of watched. It, is that it was almost like the relationship between him and. I can't remember the name of it. I think the German actress. Um, mm. It was like bordering on 
psychologically abusive at points. And I was just watching it as that. And then I had other people tell me they watched it. They thought he was very funny in it. And I was like, what? <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't call it a funny movie. Yeah. It's, uh, it's more, um, yeah, it was funny at points. But yeah, yeah, it was a good, it was a good film. Um, kind of good performances and quite a, I, I quite a satisfying sort of ending. Quite intriguing, but, but sort of satisfying ending. Yeah. Um, yeah, so good. A uh, big thumbs up for that. Yeah. I like um, um, how kind of obsess- obsessive the character is. Yeah. And he kind of, you can see a lot of similar kind of, I think it was like a kind of great man, someone who's achieved, you know, respected by everyone and therefore their, their behavior is kind of indulged to the point where they can basically be a complete arsehole. But people well, I think there was the one scene, isn't there the scene where she makes him a dinner or something? Yes. Or a breakfast or I don't remember what exactly it was, but yeah, he, he just kind of lashes out really. He just becomes a prick. Like again, you know, you have that thing of like, to, to really achieve something, you have to be a, a bit of a prick, right? You have to be a bit of an mm-hmm. asshole. And it, it, it's almost that, partially that, but partially because of his nature, he's just a little bit socially ill-equipped, mm. let's say. Mm. He doesn't mm. quite know how to react in that situation, so he kind of lashes out. Yeah, really, I might need to watch that again um, to properly understand it, I think. Not not in the sense that I didn't understand the plot, but to really understand the characters. It, it, I think it's a more... Yeah. I think it's a more... Uh, Layered movie that I maybe gave it credit for. Yeah. But it's really good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Really very really good. Thumbs up. Um, what were you going to say? It's your second favorite? Oh, uh, Paul Tom Sanderson movie after Boogie Nights, which I of course still has watched. a lovely big old prosthetic cock in it, baby. So that gives you an extra star. Do you know what you'd love? Tenacious D. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I still haven't seen Boogie Nights. Or yeah. there will be blood. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. Yeah. Watch both eyes. Obviously. I've seen the master. I've seen hair advice. Um. Paul, oh, have you got any emails? I do. I have two emails, as a matter of fact. Do you wanna give us? The first email is from Dave oh. Meltzer, allegedly. Uh, using using the email address Dave at f4wonline dot com. I thought his email was like at Juno something. <laughs> what was what he uses? Yeah, Meltzer at Juno.com. <laughs> Subject, you don't want me to email? And the message says, okay, since you said not to email, I won't. I will give your podcast minus six stars, Dave. Um, although he, he says, since you said not to email, I won't, and then did. It's a little bit contradictory. Yeah. Um, come on. Come on, Dave. Um, yeah. I, see, I don't. That's the problem with this email, right? Two things. Is number one, I yeah, I don't remember what, spell correctly, so I can't. <laughs> really I don't remember what this is in reference to, and I don't know who it's actually from, <laughs> so I can't really figure it out. I think we did ban Meltzer from emailing in. Did we ban Meltzer from emailing in when we were talking about something? Huh. I, I don't remember what that would be. I think I banned him. Yeah. I mean, he probably should be banned from emailing. In. He's a he's a problematic. Uh, middle-aged juice head. I don't see what can come from him emailing us. Although, 
I do want to know. I, I, I like he has emailed us and made no reference to whether mankind or Kane are still around. So yeah, cool. the one time we get a reply, he still didn't give us the fucking answer. Um. Well, anyway, thanks, Dave, for your email. Uh, whoever you might be out there, maybe, maybe it's, who would it be? Will? Will? Or or maybe uh, Mike? Michael? Snrub? Yes, uh, could be one of them. I don't know. Anyway, thanks, Dave. Uh, and my other email comes from Scott El Hijo del McAvoy. And he says, which would you give up and who done it? He says, good evening, Paul. To steal Joe's bit from your show two weeks ago, if you and the rest of the crew had to give up one, which would be harder to give up? Chips or crisps? Uh, I still think chips. I mean, in terms of all the food groups, um, I think chips are probably one of the most integral to my life. Mm. Um, crisps, okay, I could, I could go a year without crisps. I don't think crisps are that... Really? I don't find crisps that important, really. Wow. I used to eat a lot of crisp sandwiches. Yeah, what happened? You used to have a quadruple decker chip sandwich. I, I just don't eat them uh, anymore. Crisp sandwich. We give the crisp sandwich. I think I had one... I had one maybe last week. Um, I just don't eat them anymore. I don't know. I kind of when when I lost a lot of weight in in January, well January through May, which I've I've put quite a bit of it back on to be fair, because I don't walk to work yeah. anymore. I don't have my I don't walk my ten k that I used to walk. Mm. Um, but one thing I I didn't really pick up was eating a lot of, eating a lot of bread and eating a lot of sandwiches. I kind of just don't do that anymore i don't know i don't ha- that's one craving that never really regrew on me um okay yeah i don't know i i'm i i i much prefer we'll get onto this in a second but i much prefer like a chocolate or ice cream to crisps mm. like i even even in ter- when i used to eat a lot of crisps i i don't think i don't particularly like pringles i don't particularly like um, you know, walkers. There, there's a certain subset of crisps that I really like, especially those that would go mm. on a sandwich. But I don't know. I just kind of, I just kind of grew out of it, I suppose. Um, Scott anyway says, "How about crisps or candy?" Now that's a tougher one. Um, but then again, I think I would give up crisps. I think crisps. Uh. Especially outside of sandwich, I don't really eat crisps on their own that much. I absolutely love crisps. Okay, what and kind would of... happily eat them for every meal. <laughs> what if kind I of crisps? Fucking get, get just any, all crisps really. Okay, potato-based ones, corn-based ones. Right. Love frazzles, love watsits, mm. Pringles. Doritos, kettle chips. Well, are Doritos crisps though? Um, yeah, I would say there's a kind of broad crisp family. The crisp brella. Because mm. it's, a, it's kind of it's yeah. A tortilla, it? It's sort of like the question is a you know is a hot dog a sandwich? Um, yeah. <coughs> excuse me. I suppose it is. It kind of it's kind of in the broader family. 
I like a hula um, hoop. Yeah, hula hoop's all right. Hula hoop is maybe one of the few crisps that I would prefer to eat on its own than in a sandwich. Oh, okay. Uh, Pringles as well. I like a... I don't know what they're called over there, but like a, like a French fry. Is that what they're called? Oh, French yeah. Fries? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We have um, chip sticks over here. It's the Teo brand. Yeah. Salt yeah. and vinegar sticks. I do like them. But they get on your teeth and go... Oh, yeah. Mm, nom, 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 nom. I, I find Aldi over here sells um, Golden Wonder... What's the name of the... Like st- those those sticks. I don't know what they're called. Golden Chippies, they're called. Chippies. Mm. I don't know if you had those. They are really nice. They're very, very good. But, I... Yeah, I, I would... I would have to give up Chris because I don't think I'd be able to go the rest of my life without a lovely dairy milk bar or um, a Terry's chocolate orange or a Rolo. Oh. Um, yeah, that is a tough one. Because I think candy is a much broader yeah. scope anyway yeah. than crisps. Because can, candy can, can be your chocolates, can be your your Skittles, your... Um, like here's what I bought today to give you an example, right? Uh, went to the shop today to buy vegetables for the pigs. <laughs> Guinea pigs? No, he hasn't got actual pigs. No, not not. <laughs> <laughs> went to buy some veggies for Barry and yourself. Um, <laughs> no, um, and I bought. I don't know why I haven't. This uh, something I haven't bought in about a decade, but I just saw them today. So okay, today I'm going to buy those. Is uh, oh, actually, I left them downstairs. I have to go get them. Those like candy watches and candy necklaces you have. Oh, I don't know why. I just felt like those today, <laughs> so I just got them. Um, yeah, but like I say, candy is is a much broader range, and also candy includes Easter eggs and candy includes um, selection boxes at Christmas. Yeah. So, can't not have those that time of the year. And also Halloween coming up. Come on. You're, you're only going to have fucking crisps on Halloween. What's wrong with you? Um, Scott goes on and says, with the, reveal of, with the reveal on NXT of who attacked Alistair Black. So, I, I have not seen this yet. I, I'm still three weeks behind on NXT. Because I couldn't watch it this week because I was sick. Um, yeah. Or two weeks behind, I think. Two or three. Um, with the reveal on NXT of who attacked Alistair Black, what... Was that the best who done it in wrestling in the last few years? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. The, the ending has not been revealed to me yet. Is this the start of a shift at NXT from nothing but simple stories and wrestling matches to a more complex storytelling and longer bills in stories? Have a great week, Scott. Well, I hope so because I've been thoroughly enjoying it so far. Um, but then I think NXT has always been a mix of those things. It it, it still is simpler stories. It still is, um, you know, mm. longer matches. Every now and then you have a story that's a little bit more complex, but it's never been purely simple. It's never been purely complex. I think it's always going to be a little bit of a mix of two. And that's true also of SmackDown and Raw, even if they're a little bit uh, less simple, let's say. Although, not really. Raw and SmackDown is still very, you know, Mm. it's it's covering long-worn footsteps repeatedly. Um... But that being said, I have thoroughly enjoyed this whodunit storyline, and uh, maybe by next week I'll have finally caught up with NXT. I feel like I've been behind for the longest time, which is a big pain, but um, yeah, should yeah, get there yeah. soon. 
And they're my emails. That's how I got. Just the emails. I'll have one email from Scott McAvoy. He says, uh, good evening, Joe. I got a kick out of you giving me credit for the pick one gimmick, even if I didn't invent it. I'll take it back this week with three young actresses. So he's got okay. Chloe Grace Moretz. Okay. Alicia Vikander. Right. And Ellen Page. All right, I'm thinking already Vikander, but let's have a look. Well, what's she been in Vikander? Vikander was in Ex Machina, which is... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Excellent. She's in that Tomb Raider movie. She was in um, The Danish Girl. Yeah. Uh, who was the other one? Vikander, Moretz, and... And uh, Ellen, Page. Ellen Page. Well, Ellen Page was in Inception, which is one one of my favorite movies. So that's, that's true. That's a big one in her cap. Uh, although she was the the worst thing about it and the most <laughs> pointless character. Um, okay, Vikander. Let's have a look. Uh, Ex Machina, The Man from Uncle, which I haven't seen, but I've heard is very oh, good. That's, that's quite good. The Danish Girl, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, Tomb Raider. That's really all. I thought, I thought I'd seen her in more than I have. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Let me tell you, I, I love Kick-Ass, right? And mm. I, I quite like The Equalizer. I don't really care for her, I must say. Yeah, I don't... I'm not sure if there's anything of hers I really like. She was um, in Kick-Ass, obviously. That was kind of her, her breakthrough role. She was apparently in 500 Days of Summer as well, although I don't remember oh, her. Oh, really? Either. Uh, she was in Hugo, the Scorsese one. That was very oh, good. Oh, that was good. Uh, she was in The Equalizer, which I liked. She was in The Tale of the Princess Kaguya on the English dub, which I didn't watch, but it's a really great movie. Uh, she was in Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising, which is uh, a very bad sequel to a, a good comedy. Mm. And she was in, She was in Big Mama's House too. So ah, she was. You're right. The the most uh, personal of all the Big Mamas movies. Uh, and then Ellen Page. We have a quick peek here. Was in X Men movies. She's she's in X Men Last Stand, which was that's the, the shit one, one, wasn't it? Yeah, and she was in she was in Days of Future Past as well. Mm. Uh, mm. She was in. Inception. Super, mm. super with Rain Wilson. Uh, she was in My Life as a Zucchini, which I saw, which is very good. Mm. Oh, that's kind of it. I'm a little I might bit... have to go. I might have to go Vikander. Based on Ex Machina and the Man from Uncle. Pretty much, <laughs> just on those two mm. movies. Yeah. Mainly because the other two of them have not really got anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, absolutely. I think they're all very similar in that they've all been in like two or three good movies and that's mm. about it. Um, like Ellen Page, I would say Inception and Days of Future Past. Moretz, I would say Kick-Ass and Hugo, although I don't remember her role in Hugo being that big. Maybe it was. Then Vikander, Ex Machina and Man from Uncle, which again I haven't seen. Um, God, 
this might be a tie. I don't know that I, I would pick one of them as like the outstanding, like clear winner here. I'll just go with Vikander, uh, based on the fact that I think she's a far better actress than the other two, regardless of the. Mm. Let's say we'll, we'll base it on future potential. Mm. I don't. Know, I don't think Moretz is is that good, and Ellen Page. Ellen Page is alright, I suppose. But I think Vikander is very good, so go for her. Um, Scott goes on to say, during your discussion about The Last Jedi, you mentioned something about the film that really bothered me. When Rose kissed Finn in the movie, the first thought that went through my head was, if that was a guy forcing a kiss on a woman, Uh. the actor and character would be wrecked online. The movie came out just as the Me Too Too movement came out, and I found it really hypocritical that nobody had a problem with a female character kissing someone who didn't say it was okay. Uh, My favorite thing to come out of all the Star Wars movies might be the video for Bad Lip Sync with Yoda and Seagulls. If you haven't seen it, go to YouTube. <laughs> Seagulls, Yoda, and have a good laugh. I love that video. Uh, yeah, thanks, Scott. I haven't seen that, actually. Oh, that's great. In a bit. Um, I don't even remember Rose kissing Finn. I guess that was at the end after they crash. Yeah, it was. And, uh, it was yeah, there are some double standards. But then I don't know, was it completely unrequired? I can't remember. I'm not really sure what their relationship was, to be honest. That was part of the that was part of the problem with that whole C plot. Um, yeah. Anyway, but thank you for your email, Scott. Yeah, I feel I feel a little bit like um, it's just a vicious circle, isn't it? It's Scott is upset that he can't be outraged because the outraged crowd would would be outraged if worried. Mm. Uh, you know, it's like. If if everyone just didn't give a shit and and only I, this is completely redundant to say because it's it's obvious. But if if we only cared about things actually mattered and didn't jump on every smallest thing, then none of this <laughs> would matter. Like, who cares? <laughs> it's my point of view. Mm. But then even even complaining about outrage culture is now. Um, a trope, you know. Yeah. Just do what I do and just isolate yourself completely from life and just don't care <laughs> about anything. <laughs> just be a misanthrope, basically. Good idea. Good idea. Ah, people are so annoying, man. Ah. Yeah, but y- if you watch Empire Strikes Back today, why is Yoda in Luke's bag? Is that dwarf hate or something? Who cares? It's a movie. And it's not even a particularly um, risque moment or a particularly, you know... I don't care. Sorry, that's my answer. I don't care. <laughs> I'm so run down by it all. But I even feel like saying that is almost a, a, a mute point these days because you're, you're either someone who has to defend everything or you're someone who is like an almost a nihilist at this point and you can't be a bit of one or the other you have to be in either camp yeah yeah, okay you have to be a republican or a democrat you can't be anything else but that yoda video is great if you haven't seen it joe please it's it's Mm. it'll change your life it's one of the best videos of all time uh that's the emails so we'll, we'll, we'll finish off with a, a brief bit of wrestling talk. Yeah. I mean, looking at the rundown here, 
don't care about most of this, to be honest. Wrestling. You don't care that Roman Reigns has leukemia. Um, that's the only one I care about. Okay, good. So that I don't look bad. What? No, I do care. It's very, very sad. Let's, <laughs> now that you brought it up, we'll, we'll talk about that. So, yeah, quite obviously shocking news. Um, mm, I woke I up think... Tuesday morning sick, of course, and rolled over in bed. I had one of those moments where it wasn't quite on the same level, but I remember w- going to work one morning and opening Twitter up on my way, and it's like, oh, the Ultimate Warrior died. Mm. No, sometimes you wake up and you have those moments of, oh, Jesus, something happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, very sad. I can't really think of another time where this has sort of happened in, in wrestling. I mean, you get a lot of sort of injuries. Uh, there's been a lot of career-ending injuries, like Daniel Bryan, Paige, Edge, etc. But I can't really think of someone else coming kind of ill in this sort of way yeah. in wrestling. It's quite a, quite a shock. Um, so, oh, I mean, what else, what else can you add, really? No. Best of best of luck to him. Um, I'm sure it's a tough road ahead, but <sighs> there is hope. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it sucks. First of all, like you, you, do, you wouldn't wish that on anybody. And hopefully, he'd be all right, and he'd be back. Um. I mean, I think it's interesting as well at the same time. I don't see how people can boo Roman Reigns anymore. And that's certainly... Mm. I, I don't I don't want to talk, you know... Um, I'm not trying to say things in poor taste or anything, but I, I think it's interesting that now he'll come back and he'll. Ha- I assume he'll have this like completely different perception because you kind of can't boo the person who had cancer, can you? <laughs> Without coming um, out. I don't know, I'm sure... But as he turns, I mean, heels. I mean, if he comes back and he's shite, still. But he's not shite. I mean, that's not the thing with Robert. His character's shite. Is it really? I mean, yes. I feel, I feel like a lot a lot of the hatred around Reigns is, is sub John Cena shite. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes and no. Mainly yes. I mean, I, I think it's partially just people got in their head that the cool thing is to hate him because he's quote unquote forced down their throat, which is a, a, a perception that people have made up in their own heads. Well, he's not pushed down people's throat. But no more than anything else is. Well, I no. think that is more. It is more. No, you, you know what's pushed. It's, it's it's constant, you know, championship matches and losing and then getting another one and then. Winning the Royal Rumble and then winning this and winning that and beating everyone in sight to the point where it, it's just yeah. But if it was if it was Daniel Bryan, people would be logical. loving it. If it was exactly the same, no. I think I think it's 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 the fact. I I, I mean it's twenty eighteen. We don't need to discuss why people hate Roman Reigns, but um, like I think Roman Reigns is very good. <laughs> I don't think he's bad. He's not. But, but people not have just decided. Just people been... just for whatever reason. I I, I agree with your point. No, he's there. been okay. he's been badly booked. Yes, I don't but, think it's just people one day went, you know what, we don't like this Roman Reigns for whatever reason, let's begin <laughs> to boo him. WWE made him shit. Because they were so desperate to fall over themselves to make him the next, the next John Cena. Um, big star. Yeah. That they just, they just didn't fucking do it properly. 
and it causes resentment and then it gets into kind of spiral or you know feedback loop where it then becomes really hard to kind of rehabilitate and turn him into the character that people did really like well this is the thing it's hard to rehabilitate because people have made up in their minds now that they they don't like him yeah and you can't reset it yeah so you know it's not unless he gets cancer ding 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 well, now when he comes back, it, he'll be amazing. Vince, you've done it again. <laughs> He's happy days are yours, a man. Happy days, oh, happy days. Um, yeah. Well, sad. <laughs> Donald Trump for what? Sad. Bad. Sad. Very sad. It is. I mean, it sucks. It sucks. Um, luckily, it's not a uh, more severe. I don't know lung cancer or something or, or you know I'm sure it's something that he, he said he'll be back I'm sure it's something that's very treatable um, but yeah I, I thought it was funny timing as well that you know it seemed to me like they they reunited the shield as a as a get Roman Reigns over tactic like I mean we had discussions on this very show about mm. Like, will they boo Roman Reigns with the shield? I mean, I, th- I think partially yes, partially no was the answer. Maybe more so no. Yeah. But I thought it was funny timing that, like, oh, Roman Reigns is sick. Fucking break the shield off. We don't need him anymore. <laughs> Turn out his heel. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Very funny timing on that. Um, and then that kind of oh, that almost to me felt in a little bit, a little bit bad taste. Like, I don't think that they're necessarily using. Um, the can to an extent they were actually using the cancer as part of storyline because um, mm. Ambrose and and Rollins won the tag titles at the end of Raw and then Ambrose turned on Rollins and Michael Cole's on commentary going like not tonight not this night obviously without words saying not on the night Roman Reigns has come out with cancer and that that yeah. to me was like a little bit okay WWE are are thinking okay we know this this isn't you know, necessarily, Roman Reigns isn't necessarily on death's door here. So let's let's use a little bit and get a little bit of heal here on Ambrose, get a little bit of that, that cancer here on Ambrose, um, which to me is in poor taste. To be fair, um, I don't know why they wouldn't have held off like a week <laughs> or held off two weeks and not do it the same the same week. Not only because it was in bad taste, but I feel like I I need to stop saying. By the way, I feel like. Um, because I'm saying it. Obviously, I feel like it. Otherwise, I wouldn't say it. Um, I'm of the belief that <laughs> it was a little bit lost in the shuffle, the whole heel turn. Because all the news was about poor, like, legitimately, mm. it was about poor Roman Reigns. And he's, he's very ill. So I don't know what they were thinking about that. But sure. Look at um, So Shield's broken up. Um, although they're the tight champs. So I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. Um, vacate them, I suppose. Uh Ambrose turned heel, which I always thought was kind of the the way they should have gone way back when, when Rollins mm. uh, turned on the shield. Um, I'm sure he'd be very good as a heel. I think Ambrose is always kind of suited to being a heel. I don't know why they kept him babyface for so long. I think he's, he's naturally probably better suited to being a heel. Um, speaking of poor taste and speaking of heel actions, um, Crown Jewel's going ahead by the look of it. In the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I think the whole thing's kind of died down now, so they can probably get away with it. Yeah. There's, there's other news stories taking up space. So. 
that's the thing these days you never have to wait more than a, a week for any doesn't matter what it is it could be a genocide give it a week and there'll be a load of other shite in the news <laughs> In. Fair enough. I'm not going to watch it. Are you not going to watch it's... the return of Shawn Michaels? Um, no. I, I, I watched the last one and it was just boring. Just like a house. What, was a the, house the greatest Royal Rumble? The biggest Royal Rumble ever. The greatest Royal Rumble was not was not that good. I, I will agree. Mm. There, were, there were a lot of jabronis on it. Wasn't Adam Cole? Oh yeah, though? there was like some there was some good people in there, but it it did ultimately feel kind of inconsequential and in pointless. Yeah. Um, does Crown Jewel really have anything going for it outside of Shawn Michaels coming back for it? I mean, um, they have that World Cup thing that has that is eight Americans, so I don't oof. understand what the point of that is. Um, it's like the World Series. It's, yeah, maybe, maybe that was a misreading. Maybe that was a, a Eurocentric point of view that we had on it. That the world, quote unquote, World Cup um, would have more than one nationality <laughs> represented. But um, anyway, um, yeah, I don't think there's too much else on that that we should really no, give a shite about. Um, more importantly, WWE Evolution is tonight. Mm. You gonna watch that? Nope. Why? I don't watch. Won't watch any of their other shit pay per views. So I'm gonna watch this one. Right. It's just got women on it. Mm. Well, uh, let's run through the card very quickly. Maybe I'll change your mind. Right, mm. Ronda Rousey, Nikki Bella. From <laughs> last time. Nope. Not yet. No. Not just remind. Uh. <laughs> Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair in a last woman standing match for the SmackDown. Ooh, see, I was I was kind of into that until you said last woman standing. Because I do not like that gimmick. Okay. It's, it's just people counting to 10 for 20 minutes. It does make the match very slow. I agree. Yeah. Uh, NXT women's title. Kyrie Sane against Shayna Baszler. That'll be good. Ah, well, that's okay. tempting me. That sounds uh, good. May Young Classic final. Tony Storm. <laughs> Against. So you can say May Young versus someone. She's back from the dead. Um, oh dear. <laughs> Tony, Storm, Tony Storm against Io Shirai. Um, star of last week's Dwayne Johnster. Dwayne Johnson Muster Clue. Oh, God. Remember yeah. that? Um, tag team match. Trish Stratus and Lita versus Mickey James and Alicia Fox. Uh, Alicia mm. Fox replacing the injured Alexa Bliss. Well, that's a bit of a downgrade. That's but... such a weird match, isn't it? Trisha Asalita versus Mickey James and Alicia Fox. Yeah. Mm. Um, kind of bringing the, bringing the I mean, legends fuck, back. I mean, but... Mickey James and Alicia Fox are nearly as long as, around as long as Trish Stratus and yeah. were, weren't they? Oh, God. The, Alicia Fox must have been in the company. Alicia for... Fox debuted in like 2008 or something. Twice as long as Trish and Lita were in the company back in the day. She's the real legend of that match. Let me just say that. Mm. You got a three of them can Veteran. fuck right off. Um, I will be training for Alicia Fox in that match. Uh, you then have... But not Mickey James. No. Hope she on the loses. same team. 
<laughs> you then have what Wikipedia lists as a historic women's battle royal. What's historic about it? I don't know. I've had uh, women's battle royals before. Uh, this one's historic though, because on evolution. Oh, uh, uh, it's a battle royal for is a. It, women's... Is it because I've got ivory in it? Uh, I don't know. Ivory is in it, funny enough. Yeah. Um. That that is for a women's championship match. Oh my god, Alundra Blaze is in it as well. Uh yeah, Tori Wilson, Kelly Kelly, Michelle McCool, all the good ones. Uh, and then you have Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalia versus the Riot Squad: Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. I, I, I don't know. And now I'm going to ask you a legitimate question. Okay, I want to see yeah. if you can get it because I know that you don't pay attention to modern day wrestling i would ask this to barry we're here but he's not and i ask you just legitimately because i'm not sure i even remember the answer right you know the riot squad right is ruby riot Liv morgan and sarah logan yeah do you remember at the same time they debuted another faction debuted with Paige, sonia deville and mandy rose uh yeah the fuck were they called So it's the Riot Squad and wasn't it like Evolution or something? I know. I think, I, yeah, I'm thinking like Anticipation or something like that. Oh. It's like what was the Page Faction? It's funny how uh, I mean, obviously the the situation with Page was equal. Oh, Absolution was it Absolution? Yeah, it was close. Anticipation. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's very sad with um with Page as well, equally. But uh, funny how quickly they went off the map. Oh, God, yeah. Absolution. Anyway. Uh, so that's tonight, anyway. Uh, apparently, they're going to debut women's tag team titles in the near future. So look forward to that. I think there's probably enough enough women on the roster now that they can do Yeah. That. Yeah, definitely. The, I, 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 they've already paired off quite a lot of them, so that makes sense as well. They can mm. have the right squad against I don't know, Bailey. And Absolution. I guess Absolution, yeah, bring them back. Um, and then quickly, let me tell you about Defiant 2, the OTT show, which I did watch. I watched it on VOD. And uh, I thought it was very good. Um, the pre-show was uh, full of good matches. I will I will make a bold claim here that Barry will not agree with, which is that I watched the Curtis Murray uh, Terry Thatcher match, and I thought it was good. So take that. Mm. Um I thought one of better, one of Curtis Murray's better shows. I thought the mm, Sean Guinness Flamita match was very good. I thought the Bandito Strickland Shane Strickland match was a bit of a mess, which which I think Barry said. Um, it definitely seemed like they there was a, a like a language barrier and they they got lost a couple of times, like they, they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, it was a shame because I expect that match to be very good. It was a bit a bit of a mess. Uh, with regards to the women portion of the show, I thought the first few matches were all really good. I thought the the tag match with Debbie Keitel and Amy Alonzi against... Uh, who are they against? I can't remember one of their names. I need to look up. But I thought it was very good. And I thought um, the babyface team in particular came off really well. Uh Cartel and Lonzi, I'd like to see them tag more. I thought Kaylee Ray and Jordan Grace had a really good match. And I thought the Jenna Katie Harvey um 
is it oh what's the other the japanese lady i don't remember her name sorry I, uh, i'm tired okay i'm sick i thought that match was really fun as well uh and then the last two i kind of like it's in the main event i thought was, i thought they were fine i thought they weren't as good as the first three um i don't remember what the fourth match even was uh the fine two let me have a quick gander here um uh, no, that's Defiant One. I love these little these little indie shows. You can never find the fucking results. <laughs> Defiant Two. Here we go. Uh, Viper versus Valkyrie. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Um, Valkyrie fucked Viper up with that. Though I think she was bleeding out the nose, bleeding everywhere. Uh, Emmy Sakura is the woman I was trying to think about. She was very good. Mm. She's very good. She's this like little tiny old Japanese lady doing <laughs> fucking people up. It was a hell of a hell of a spectacle. And um Sammy Jane Raven Creed I thought was good. I don't know. I didn't think it was great. Like I thought the, the, the like I mentioned, the first three matches are all great. I thought that one was, was pretty good. I mean it was it was f- built as a um like a main event style match. Um, but I don't know, it kind of felt, it almost felt too short to me. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. I, I, I wasn't blown away by it. I thought it was good, but I wasn't thinking it was great. Uh, Lana Austin and Casey Owens were the people I couldn't remember from that first match. They won, actually. But I thought the, I thought the, the Irish girls did, did very well in that. And I thought, yeah, I thought it was a very good show. Um, I thought all the matches were, were good to great. I don't think there were any, any bad matches on there. Mm. Uh, so, over-delivered, I would say. Um, especially with regards to some of the underutilized talent, but I thought it was very good. And uh, I, I never thought I'd say it. I, people that probably never thought they'd hear me say it. I thought the women's portion was far better than, than the men's portion. So take that. Ooh. Take that, chauvinists. Ooh. Yeah, some of them, like the men's matches were good, but especially that Strickland Bandio one. Jesus. They couldn't string two moves together <laughs> half the time. Um, there you go. I think that's all we have. Uh, I think we've given it everything. We've done everything this week. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Yeah. Watch The Um, Haunting of Hill House. It's very good. Yeah. Give that a go. And the Yoda Seagull video. Two two recommendations for this week. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for joining us. If you want to get in touch, you know where you can send in a bloody email you know what uh either as yourself or as a uh, notable wrestling journalist um <laughs> chairshoppodcast.com ch- ch- and then contact us page. Oh, also that jericho cruz is on there um jericho cruz son of tom cruz uh who himself uh, a notable actor who himself is on the cruise um He's, he's playing his yeah. newest role, a smelly oh. neckbeard. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, 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 he's transformative. Yeah, yeah. The role of a lifetime. Um, yeah, you can tweet us at Joshua Pod, Griff Tynan, Paul Griffin, CSP. Um, that, that just about does it this week. So thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week um, with more fun and frolics. Uh, so it's good night from me. Good night from Paul Griffin. Good night.